You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I am your host, Heidi Ramore. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this. Today, I want to talk to you about debt. And debt is something that is very, very sensitive for a lot of people. And it's something that I know a lot of you that have debt, even if it's manageable, right? So I'm not really talking about the out of control debt where... You're just like spending, 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 spending. I'm talking about the debt that you just have because you have a mortgage or you have a car payment or, you know, you're just, you're managing your debt load, but it does seem to be creeping up a little bit every single month. And you're kind of getting concerned that, you know, you should maybe be further ahead than you are. So I want to give you a little bit of a mindset shift and, And trust me when I say this has not always been the way I thought about debt. This has been in the last few years, just as I understand more, even more in the field of money and just how to effectively behaviorally manage my finances in a very natural way. And what I mean by that is we all have natural tendencies when it comes to money. We have natural ways that we spend money. A lot of the times that's very, very deep rooted in how we grew up around money, how we saw our parents handle money. And so a lot of those experiences that we had shape who we are and how we spend our money. So I really wanted to just share with you a little perspective on debt, because I know some of you are in the school of thought like I was that some debt is bad, some debt is good. I often am talking to to women and I ask them about their debt load and even clients that don't have debt, when they tell me they don't have debt. And then I think, okay, great. So your house is paid off. And they're like, actually, no, it's not. I still have a mortgage. So it's funny to me, it's not funny. It's very normal that people don't consider things like a mortgage, car loans, student loans as debt in the same way that we think about that big, bad, scary debt being credit cards, lines of credit, things like that. So I just find that very fascinating that of where our brain goes to protect us in terms of what is good and what is bad when it comes to debt. So here's just like a little bit of perspective for you. What is debt? Like fundamentally, what is it? Debt is really just payments over time. Really truthfully, that's what it is. Will it end up costing you more? Yes, if you're being charged an interest over that time period, right? So, you know, but that's still a decision that you can make for yourself. There's some instances where, you know, we want to maybe save for something. So let's say we want to save for a down payment is a really great example. You know, let's say we want to do a whole kitchen remodel. And I just had clients that did this. They did a $200,000 remodel of their home, right? And they didn't necessarily have that money saved. So where does the money come from? Well, they're utilizing credit and debt in a in a very appropriate way, right? But that debt they can feel good about because they're spreading those payments over time. 
and they're allowing themselves to enjoy their home today, knowing that they're going to pay for that over a time period, right? So I really truly believe that when debt is occurred or accrued, as long as it's in alignment with your financial goals, and we're not sacrificing some of the other things in order to get that, I say go for it. And I know a lot of financial professionals are probably like, what the hell is she talking about? And and truthfully, it does come down to a very customized approach. And there isn't a one, you know, one plan fits all. There just truly isn't. And there can't be because we're all very different on how we think about money, how we handle money, how we behave around money. So, you know, for one client, them having a thousand dollar debt could be catastrophic if their limit is a thousand dollars so they're maxed out on their their debt and their their income like they're overspending every single month so a thousand dollar debt to that person is very different than a thousand dollar debt to somebody that's going to pay that off in two months very easily right do you see the difference there so i think it's really important to understand the source of what the what the debt is funding again is it in alignment with your financial goals are we in a situation where we're very obsessed with i don't know i don't know if obsessed is the right word but like if we're somebody that is just very we're somebody that just wants to put all of our money to like let's say pay off our mortgage right i know for me for a very long period of time paying off my mortgage was like the number one goal the number one goal and i think when you when you don't have any other debt and you're just working on your mortgage for example that is a real goal and it took me some different professionals that i've worked with as well to really have my own mindset shift around that 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 debt isn't necessarily bad it's manageable but what truly are my financial goals i want to make sure that i can retire and being self-employed and not having a pension that's going to continue i have a pension from 17 years of working for somebody else and that money is invested and great that's going to be available for me when i you know when i when i need it but it's not going to be enough right because i'm not continuing to contribute to that and my employer my old employer obviously they're not continuing to contribute to that so i know i need to create my own i guess we'll call it pension or retirement savings so for me is it more important truly when i sit down and think about it is it more important for me to pay off my mortgage or is it more, especially when mortgage rates are so, so low right now, you know, even a variable rate, which our mortgage is a variable rate, it's very, very, very low. So it doesn't necessarily make sense for me to be aggressively paying off my mortgage when I have the, the freedom and the luxury of time. So here's what I mean by that. Without giving away my age, I'm going to give it away. So I am turning 40 and I just had this idea in my head from years ago that I would have no mortgage by the age of 40. That is not going to happen. That is not going to be a goal that I'm going to be able to achieve, but it's intentional. And the reason for that is my goals have changed as I've grown as a human, as our family's finances have changed and our goals have changed so do the plan right the plan needs to change and so although at one point in my life i would say that i was obsessed with trying to pay off my mortgage as quickly as possible but now that has really shifted to i need to make sure 
that I have essentially 25 years, if I work to 65, I have 25 years of compound growth for my retirement, right? So why wouldn't I take advantage of low interest rates right now? And again, this is not advice to anybody. This is what I've decided to do because it makes sense with all of the other planning that I've done. So I really encourage you to always reach out to your uh, financial professional if you are local to me, or if you live in Ontario and you don't have anybody that you just want to bounce some ideas off of, you know, what's the, what's the phrase? Slide into my DMs and let's have a chat and very low pressure. You know, we'll just chat about your goals and I'll recommend some ways that you can get there. It's honestly as simple as that. But for me, you know, taking advantage of the low interest rate environment for my mortgage and allowing me to free up capital in order to put that towards my retirement is way more attractive because I have 25 years of growth on that. And yes, interest rates are low even for my investments, right? They're not yielding what they normally would be, but that's okay because I have time on my side. So, you know, I think we do get caught up on, you know, interest rates and for good or for bad, especially, you know, if looking at mortgages, yes, interest rates are low, so it could be attractive to maybe get a large, large mortgage because the rate is low now, but we have to do the work to make sure that we're not screwing ourselves in the future if interest rates rises. On the flip side, and just make sure that that debt is manageable, but on the flip side, if you have time on your side, if you are you know, around your 40s like me and you haven't really thought about your retirement because it still feels very far away, because I'll tell you, retirement feels very far away for me still. You know, now is the time if you haven't taken advantage of different things, either through your employer or even personally, right? Maxing out your investment opportunities through your government. In Canada, we have RSPs, like max that out, TFSAs. There's opportunities there to really have the advantage of time for your investments to grow. So little tangent. So if we just go back to debt, right? And debt truly being just a payment over time. I feel like what happens for a lot of people with debt is they tie that debt to their self-worth. They tie that debt to their worthiness, right? Oh, I'm in debt, so I'm a shitty person. Oh, I'm in debt, so that means that I'm not good with money, right? So all of these negative things start happening. And it might be that you were maybe not the most responsible with your money, but you know, I feel like we have to give ourselves a lot of grace too. If I look at my life right now, And what we have gone through in the last four years as a family, you know, I'll just run down a few of them. So IVF, very expensive medical treatments to have a baby. So we went through IVF and other medical stuff. We had two kids in 17 months. So two back-to-back maternity leaves where I saw a significant reduction in income. I had a major corporate job loss. We had the pandemic, right? Hello, pandemic where I was just launching like literally a week before our area got shut down and locked down, I launched my business. So I've been very, very knock on wood fortunate to just have had this platform to be able to reach people and talk to people and really bring a message to all of you that is resonating, which is amazing. And I'm so thankful for all of you that are my clients and, you know, my future, my future clients, if you're out there listening I'd love to have you in my world, but you know, we had a major pandemic. So there was, there was some income loss there. My husband was out of work. 
if we like we've had just us and we've done some proper planning. So if you didn't have the luxury of having that proper planning done and you are in a period where you are experiencing debt, maybe for the first time or maybe not for the first time, but the debt level is at the highest it's been maybe for a while for you. I don't want you to tie that into your self-worth because it's just not it's just not true, right? In the same way that if you are diagnosed with cancer, that doesn't make you a bad person, right? The same thing with debt. It doesn't does shouldn't change how you are inherently as a person. You're still a good person. But what we do need is a plan. So we need a plan to address the debt. So here are my tips for you if you are somebody that you know, is in a period of debt right now and you are really feeling shitty about that. So let's make a plan. So that's step number one. You need to have a solid debt repayment plan. But more importantly than that debt repayment plan is number two. And number two is creating a cash flow plan, not a budget, because budgets don't work for how we behave around money. For our day-to-day spending, budgets do not work. Budgets are really good for a specific thing that has a beginning and an end. So for example, budgeting for a wedding, budgeting for a baby or a maternity leave, budgeting for a kitchen renovation. Those are all really great examples of ways where budgets become very useful. But when it comes to our day-to-day spending, our behavioral and our how we think about money, our access to money through our watches, our smartphones, our laptops, you know, it's just all around us. We've never seen the ability to spend money in the way that we have been. So I feel like we need to get a handle on that. And that is truly only done with a cash flow plan. A cash flow plan, very simply, is one step further than a budget. A budget is income minus expenses. Whatever is left, you either save or you spend. Most likely you spend it. And most likely you overspend it. And so a cash flow plan is really looking at where your money leaks, how much money is coming in, what are your expenses going out? Of course, we always need to look at that. What are some future expenses that we need to insulate for? What are some savings that we need to save for that we know are going to happen? So these are called sinking funds. So an event like the holidays, like Christmas, is a really great example of that. We know it's going to come every year, but yet every December we're scrambling on how we're going to pay for it, right? Or we've just finally finished paying off last year's Christmas. So it's just incorporating all of that, incorporating an emergency fund for the IVF, the two mat leaves back to back, the job losses, right? And now we can add in there, you know, a global pandemic is making sure we have some emergency savings in there. So really creating that cash flow plan is going to help you. And why I think it's even more important than the debt repayment plan, because that will take care of itself once you have this cash flow plan is it's going to stop you from accumulating more debt and it's going to allow you just an ease with your finances. Most of my clients will tell you when they come through the process, there ends up being an ease towards their money because now they know exactly their boundaries, right? We're just putting boundaries around what they can spend. I'm not telling them how many times they get to go to Starbucks. Hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm not telling, you know, how many times they can go get their nails done in a month or in a year or massages. Like your money is your money. You get to spend it in alignment with how you want to spend it. All I'm doing is showing you the available money you have to do that with. Right. And then you make the decision of where you're going to spend that spend that money. 
So creating that cash flow plan is very, very important. Step two, debt repayment, cash flow plan. Number three, you have to understand your emotional spending triggers. So if you're somebody that opens up an email when it's, you know, what is it called? I just got it because I just ordered something from Old Navy. Cash, the cash bucks. No, that doesn't make sense. My phone's recording. What's it called? Old Navy sends it all the time. When you spend money, you get, you get cash, you know, Old Navy cash, I think it's called. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But if you're triggered by that, and if that creates a spending opportunity for you where you actually don't need the items, these were all items that I needed. It was definitely planned for, so no surprises there. It was not an emotional spend for me at whatsoever. It was a necessity spend, which was great, and the money was there, so perfect. And that's really what you want in a, in a cash flow plan is know how much money you have to spend, and then you just get to go spend it. It's amazing. It's wonderful. So much more easy, you know, ease, that financial ease. That's really what we're after. So it's really getting a handle on those emotional triggers. If that old Navy cash bucks, whatever the hell they call it, email comes into your life and into your world, are you somebody that's going to click on it and then go to that website and buy stuff that you don't need? If that is a trigger for you, you need to remove it. So figure out what your emotional spending triggers are and just actively work to remove it. You don't have to remove them all. You can always re-sign up for the old Navy emails. They're not going anywhere. They'd love to have you come back, but remove the triggers. If it's, you know, you're buying stuff on Facebook advertisements late at night, maybe stop scrolling, have a cutoff period for, for your social media at night. If you find that that's your emotional spending trigger, figure out what it is and, and make a plan to, to help stop it, to work, to remove it. And then the last thing you can do and really truthfully what I recommend is not to do this alone. I feel like finances are so taboo to talk about. And even in this you know, platform, I have to be very sensitive that when I'm telling a story about a client that I keep them very confidential, which I do in my heart, I have to, and I want to, but I feel like there, there is even a barrier to just come to a professional and talk to them because the fear of judgment, the fear of, oh, I'm a shitty person because I have all this debt, which is couldn't be further from the truth. Honestly, I have seen so, so, so much, so much. 30 plus credit cards. I've seen it between a, a couple. I've seen hundreds of thousands of consumer debt, hundreds of thousands of consumer debt. I've seen six figure student loan debt. I've seen multiple properties and foreclosures on properties and how do we handle this so there really isn't a lot that i haven't seen but here's what i have seen is the people that come to me they want change they want something different and that's really all you need to do to work with me is recognize that you can't do this by yourself because a lot of this information that you learn from taking my course like fix your finances for example but I really feel like going at this alone, you would have already done it. Why haven't you done it? And that's that's not to be a jerk. I understand money in a very different way than what a lot of professionals teach. A lot of professionals are going to tell you, go through, cross off your items and cancel your cable and, oh, sell your car, downsize your home. And you know what? Sometimes those end up being recommendations because there's just no other way. But nine times out of 10, that is not the recommendation at all. The recommendation is really getting truly rooted 
truly rooted in your financial goal and us creating the plan to make sure that you get it, that you get closer to that goal. And you're constantly chipping away at that goal in a way that's totally in alignment with how you spend money. And that piece is really missing in the marketplace. And that's a piece that is solved for you. You don't have to do it alone, which I think is the best part. If you really want this, we can make it happen. On average, I find between $300 and $1,200 per month, people, per month of just inefficient cash flow, money not going to debt properly, money being thrown out the window over here on this bank account that you're not using. So we just really clean up everything and make it so that it's running as efficiently as possible. And this is the stuff that the banks don't really want to tell you, right? Why are we throwing away our money when we don't have to be? So if you're on the fence about this, send me a quick message, reach out, let's change your finances. I'm so excited to work with all of you and I hope everybody has an amazing rest of your day. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye everyone.